Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of Inspect. My guest today is a household name in the world of CSS. He's a founder and a writer at CSS Tricks, founder and designer at CodePen, and co-host of Shop Talk, a podcast about design and development. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show, Chris Coyer. Hey! Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me. No, no problem. Thank you for being here. Yeah, this is great. We had to, we learned about time zones again. Classic, classic, yeah. classic thing. I even one time had to build a little app just for my coworkers at work just to be like, okay, how does this work again? Because we have a, we have uh, someone in Australia now, Rachel Smith at CodePen and a, you know, it, I had to like design a draggable little app just to wrap my mind around yeah. who's where and when. Yeah, that's because uh, all of CodePen is, uh, the whole team is remote, aren't they? Yeah, we are. There's, yeah. They're very remote. Nobody's okay. near each other at the moment. Yeah, cool. I mean, well, obviously, we'll get onto CodePen uh, in a little while and all the other things you do. But, um, you know, for those uh, for that small corner of the internet who doesn't actually know who Chris Coyer is, um, do you want to just give a, a quick sort of rundown of who, who you are, what you do, and sort of where you're from? Yeah, sure. I'd be glad to. So, yeah. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I do all kinds of... Uh, 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 stuff about the web, and I, I, it's not that I struggle. I have perfectly good time, you know, explaining to to other people in the industry, you know, what I do and and stuff. But sometimes, you know, like I just got my hair cut yesterday, and you know, they're like, "Way, hey, what do you do? You're new here, yeah." I'm like, "I do, you know, I I build websites, I guess, which generally people understand, you know." Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, "Well, I don't," because the, right away they get the idea that you're a freelancer, you know. They're like, "Oh." really you know we're looking around to get the website redone here you know i'm like eh, i could yeah. maybe suggest somebody but i'm not just me there's plenty of freelancers in this in this world yeah, sure. <laughs> i'm just not one of them I, I work on websites but i don't i don't do freelance and and then they're like well what do you work somewhere that you know i'm like not really it's <laughs> so <laughs> i uh you know so what i usually end up telling people is that i that i help other people learn about the web which i think is true to some degree you know yeah. i i have a blog called css tricks it's css-tricks.com it's going on 10 years old it'll be 10 years old in uh in in july yeah fourth of july actually oh, which is really cool and uh and what it is is uh, i guess primarily it's a blog it's a lot of different things i mean we have a video screencast that we publish once in a while there's forums on there of people talking to each other and asking questions there's a thing called the almanac which is kind of like not blog like but structured content around like what are all the properties in css and an article explaining those but i guess kind of the heart and soul you'd say of uh, of css tricks is uh the blog where we you know pretty much publish something every day if not multiple things that range from tutorials to interviews to links and commentary about other things to just thoughts and stuff there's you know like a blog the format can be anything so that that's a big deal and the point of it is Read CSS tricks and you're staying up with the industry and you're learning new stuff about, sure, about the web. Because sure. it's not just a blog. It is basically a go-to resource for everything modern in the web development world as well. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the, it's, most of your articles are probably the first place that people, people hit when they're learning about something like Flexbox and CSS Grid and, and uh, just, you know, some of the CSS properties that you t- people tend to fix. It does end up being referential like yeah. that. You're right. It ends up being... You know, you Google it and land there to find 
to find some kind of resource. And I love that too. In fact, I was just looking at our analytics and it was 87% or, or maybe it was 84%, some, some mid eighties number of is the traffic that we get from search engines hmm. and the bulk of that from Google, of course. So yeah, tra traffic wise is healthy on CSS tricks. And a lot of it comes uh, right from search. Uh, but there's a, you know, there's that aspect of it. And there's the like, I just read it like a magazine. You know, I subscribe over RSS or I subscribe to the email thing because I, I just want to, you know, read what's new there. So there's kind of two aspects of it. There's that referential content. There's the I land here because I'm Googling something and just our general readership. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think uh, I'm kind of in the second second camp where uh, I sort of subscribe to the RSS feed and um, mm -hmm. follow on, on social media, on Twitter and stuff. So I get to see all the all the ref, you know regular updates. Um, but then it is always a, a, a landing point when I do need a little bit of help on something that I've forgotten or something that's not just, you know, uh, front of mind all the time. Um, but yeah, so what, what was the what would you say was the driving force in setting up the block in the first place? The, well, the blog itself was, I mean, I kind of well the whole story, of the site actually. Yeah, well, it's it start and it started as a blog for sure because it was you know ten years ago it was, and it, it was and always has been a, a WordPress site. I was kind of learning about WordPress even at the time, and it was you know it was like it was kind of like me and a buddy of mine were like spinning up WordPress sites with kind of a a a, a pipe dream of of filling them with content and putting Google AdSense on them essentially to to try to get some beer money kind of thing. And we did that for a while and it wasn't, you know, anyway, that, it's kind of a long, not that interesting story. But the point is the, the only one that I enjoyed writing for was, was, was CSS tricks. I was just like, this is fun. Like I like writing about web stuff. I like doing web stuff. This is, uh, you know, I, hopefully I can make a career out of this, but it's fun anyway. Hmm. So it really clicked with me, this like, you know, working on website stuff. So of of these other blogs that you set up, are any of those still running or did they? Nah, no. long gone. In fact, they were, they were Adobe related. They were like, uh, they were like help websites for different Adobe software, okay. which was fun. And I, you know, it was, it was but it, it wasn't, uh, my heart wasn't in it necessarily. I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to diagnose somebody's, you know, installation of InDesign trouble or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, the, they, they shut down, I'd say mostly because of lack of interest from us. And then secondarily, the nail in the coffin was that Adobe didn't like that the, the name of their software is in the URL. So if you want to buy a no, URL no. today, you can't buy Adobe Illustrator sucks.com or something like that because it has their name in it. It's copyrighted. You know? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was like ancient history, you know, but that was the early days of CSS tricks. And, you know, it was a very different site then. I was just like, here's some cool little trick I learned about CSS or whatever. It's such a dorky name, you know, <laughs> like it's very, you know, if I could go back in time, I, I probably would change it. But at this point, I won't because no. it's just. It's, yeah, it's your brand name now, right? And it's not just yeah. about CSS. That's that's the that's no, the, suppose we, we the, the issue is because it's got a lot of obviously JavaScript, HTML, and uh, everything else around the web. Um, but the name is CSS Tricks. But yeah, you've got to the point now where you just don't need to change it. It's uh, it's a household name now. Is it? It's your brand. <laughs> yeah, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's coming on to ten years. You said. Um, uh, do you have any sort of plans to celebrate the ten years? Have you got anything? That you're well, we had a little meeting about it today, actually, and I, I, I think so. We'll do something. I, I always publish something on 
on the 4th of July. You know, there's been a, a birthday post on every and I usually use it to um, do kind of a state of the union. What's going on, what we're thinking, milestones we've crossed, that kind of thing. And then at the end of the year, usually I do like a statistical post of, you know, how the how did we do by the numbers? But okay. I, usually July 4th is kind of a, I don't know, more more checking in with Chris kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I'll do that for sure. And, and you know, mark the occasion in a bigger way because it's 10 years. But we're also thinking like maybe we should do something more. So I actually am not entirely sure exactly what we're going to do. It's about a month away still. And we have some ideas and, of course, bigger things we're working on. So we might just kick it into high gear and hopefully get one of those bigger things done and, and say that <laughs> the anniversary yeah. inspired it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. I wish I could announce it here. I just don't know what it's going to be yet, yeah. but it will be. We'll celebrate somehow, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so when you started the blog, uh, this was going back in uh, two thousand and seven. Was this uh, was this your full time full time gig then at the time, or were you working elsewhere? Or how were you sort of juggling your time when you oh, on the project? The, yeah, in the very early days, it was very much a just a side project thing, and um, but I was at an agency it was my very first web job um i did i lucked myself into you know i was i was actively looking for one because I, I knew that i wanted to work on websites and how much fun and i was having fun building websites on my own obviously you know and css tricks being one of them but uh you know personal website and spinning up a joke site or something or in my band site and i was any excuse i had to play with a website i would do it mm-hmm uh, so I get this job and yeah, so on the, my, you know, my income was, was having an agency job essentially. And it w- remained a side project for at least five years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. And then you reached like a tipping point where you realize that you can t- make this full time. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, yeah, yeah. And and even then that didn't last that long. Cause at the, at the very time that I decided to kind of go totally solo and not have a steady income, normal 401k kind of job. I, uh, <clears throat> then started code pen. So, it was, you know, oh, okay. I see. Okay. So that became the job as well. Cool. Cool. Uh, look, just, just before we get onto code pen. Um, so uh, CSS trick now, is that a, um, it's not a solo venture. I take it. There's uh you've got some staff working on there. How, how big is the team that works on, on the, on that site in particular? Yeah, it's, it's fluctuated a little bit. There's no other full-time staff. There's just staff writers, of which there's Sarah Dresner and Jeff Graham and Robin Rendell and Miriam Suzanne, um, who, you know, they just uh, we consider them staff because they write regularly, you know, and right. we like share a Slack and talk to each other and stuff. Uh, but then there's there's just tons of of guest authors. So we we like say publicly we accept guest authors and have a page that explains on how that goes down and we pay for it and we help you edit and and all that stuff. So they're not employees, but certainly they're you know <laughs> benefactors of CS tricks or or whatever. Uh, so yeah, the, and and then and then through time there's been you know administrative help and there's advertising help and you know planning help and stuff like that. But but I'm really the only full timer. At right. CSS Tricks. And it's weird to even call me full time because I split my time between my other projects. So it's just part time for everybody. Yeah. Okay. It's quite a big, big project for a part time project, I guess. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I mean, 
but in the end, it's you know, it's a WordPress site. It's yeah. one server. It's hosted. It's just you know, it's not particularly difficult thing to keep online. You mm. know, so a lot of days you just wake up and you publish some words, and then I don't think about it for the rest of the day and do yeah. other work, and then the next you know, do a little planning at night, maybe like, oh, what are we going to do tomorrow? Oh, we'll publish this. Okay, you know, it's a, it's it's it it could be. It would be neat. It would be a different world if I spent eight hours a day on CSS tricks. You know, it could be a even, you know, even cooler, more in-depth, more feature-rich, more content-heavy. I, I don't know. But, yeah, uh, I suppose the rate, that you, the rate that things change uh, doesn't really warrant having, you know, uh, content you know, being pushed out maybe even several times a week. Um there's it's a fast moving industry but it's not that fast that it probably needs you know a full-time effort on it i guess right i think what it would need is it could be done i mean i i could see a world in which i do that but it, then it would also require i think a business strategy that's a little more robust than what we got like i'd if i was gonna be like all right i'm gonna go definitely hardcore full-time on this thing all day every day i'd want to hire somebody else that was like almost like a you know, see what he called the accounting version of a CEO or whatever, like yeah. a chief financial officer or something like that's way too big of a word for what it is. But somebody who's like actively more like a salesperson, really, who's out there selling sponsorships and like making sure the thing is is making money so that it warrants a yeah. full time thing. OK, so so instead you, you're focusing most of your attention on uh, your other projects and which is uh, your biggest one, I guess, is CodePen. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, which is quite a bit bigger than you know. CodePen has this full time staff of seven now, and you know, seven good developers. So that's a, it's like kind of a, a apples and oranges at this point, almost. Thankfully, yeah, no, it's brilliant. Um, so in my in my research, I I found that CodePen was started in two thousand and twelve. Is that right? So it's been going for about five yeah, years. Yeah, like the. Yeah, the super early, super early version, the very first version was 2012. Yeah, I don't think I caught it at 2012. I was probably a little bit later than that. But yeah, I've been using it for a couple of years now. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, again, you know, could you put it in your own words how to explain exactly what CodePen is? Because uh, as as a user, it's quite obvious what it is. But um, Well, I uh, hope so. But it, it, it isn't quite absolutely to, to everybody, you know. I would yeah. think to you, another front end developer, you're like, yeah, I get it. I see sites like this. It's not the it's not the only one. I don't know. I have a pro so I think to some people, you and me, we're like, yeah, I get it. I have an account there, and I go log in, and I I I make little things. You know, a, a pen, as we call it on CodePen, is is like a little tiny website in a sense. It's HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and you can write it right there on CodePen in your browser. So it's a code editor in the browser. And there's you're seeing all four of these things happen at once. You're writing HTML in one panel, CSS in another panel, JavaScript in another panel, and the fourth panel is the preview of what you've built. And it's updating itself in real time. And the, the reason why that's cool is because it's just so satisfying to, you know, change one little value and see it change visually. You know, it's just like it's like a little tiny development environment 
um, that's just really easy and quick to use. Yeah. And so we keep packing features into that, you know, like, oh, you want to write in SAS? No problem. Just turn it on. You want to write in Babel? No problem. Turn it on. Yeah, uh, because uh, these these are the difficult yeah. parts of, of development, not the difficult parts, but the laborious, time-consuming parts is setting up your, your environment. Sometimes you just want to, you know, do a, a quick mock-up to prove a concept and you don't want to have sure. to, you know, run up open up your terminal and you know install a bunch of dependencies make just, a folder npm install everything and stuff and you know I, I, there's there's reason to do that as well of course yeah so you know codepen is, is is that it allows you to get on on something small and and stuff and, and it doesn't even have to be small i mean people make sprawling amazing big huge things on it so it starts there and that's a way that you can think about it at first but but it really, people do use it in tons of different ways. They use it to make a test case to share with somebody like, oh, here, I'm having a problem with this. Take a look at it kind of thing. That's the, you know, links to it in Stack Overflow or whatever, things like mm -hmm. that. People use it to kind of just show off, you know, like, wow, look at this. You know, I made this this amazing thing. And they would do that because they have a profile on CodePen and it becomes part of their profile. And then their CodePen profile becomes a little bit like a, a personal site to them, almost like a resume or a portfolio. Of, yeah. Uh, of your work. And there's kind of some social reason to do it. It's a bit of a social network in that I can follow you, you can follow me, we can, you, people heart things on CodePen and they can leave comments on things and we track views and other metadata on it so that we can sort things by popularity and fuel our search and stuff. So it's a social network as well. So it's this it has this whole code editor component where you're building stuff. It has a kind of a front-end developer community aspect to it. And it has like an inspiration aspect to it too because because there's so many users and so many pens that have been created that you can search around and kind of get lost browsing around CodePen with just because there's just loads of content there that we, we intentionally try to make findable and explorable. Yeah. And so, you know, like you said, you can just get lost because some of the stuff that people are producing on there is just amazing. Um, and you forget that this is just done with those three core um, front-end technologies, you know, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. All right, there's some external libraries maybe added in. Um, but essentially, those just those three elements, and people have created some, you know, ridiculously complex and amazing-looking demos. Um, right. And it's all open source, too, which is good to know. So if you find something that you like in CoPen, it's MIT licensed. If it's a public pen, you know, that has been shared with you. Uh, so go ahead and use it and fork it and play with it yourself and yeah. and all that. So I should say, though, that a, a big change for us in the very recent past on CodePen is we've been trying to grow up a little beyond that even in that. So I explained to you how there's CSS panel, this, you know, the HTML panel, the JavaScript panel. What happens if you want to, you know, you need three CSS files because you're used to working in SAS with partials or let's say you want to have five JavaScript files because you have an entry point for your Webpack thing, mm -hmm. but you have four modules that go with it. Let's say you have a five page site, so you need five HTML files. That stuff is kind of possible in the pen editor, but it's really not designed for that. That's more like you're used to working on on your local machine, you know, yeah. spinning a go, go into your terminal and creating a folder and, you know, NPM install and that that whole world. We wanted to get into that, too, because we want to, you know, that that's what some developers expect. And we want you to be able to build something even bigger and more robust and and that type of thing. So CodePen now has CodePen projects as well. So you can make a new pen, which is the old thing that we described. And you can make a new project. That's the new thing that I just described. Uh, uh, so you can kind of do both of those things and, uh, yeah.
and projects is kind of cool. You can deploy it as well, and you can map a custom domain to it. So you can, it's really kind of a, a website builder too, if you're if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. So projects was launched. Was it the tail end of last year? I I think it's even newer than that. It's really only three four months old. At this oh wow, point. is it this year? Okay. So how long have you been working on the the projects element of CodePen then? Because I imagine that's quite a big project. It was indeed, and it was uh, it wasn't. <laughs> the story of it really is that we. At one point, we're trying to decide as a company, do we go on our own here and just slow growth and, you know, chip away at it? And maybe we'll make enough money one day to hire somebody and then maybe we'll keep growing and hire somebody else. And that's, you know, we're kind of in between that and full on uh, investment, you know. So we did take investment and now it's been, I don't know, a year and a third ago or so. Mm-hmm. Uh on purpose and it was from friends of ours so it wasn't like a you know it's not like we went around silicon valley knocking on doors and making pitch decks for people and stuff but they're you know they're smart guys who who believed in us and who are our friends and previous bosses at at the last startup we were at so they gave us a million bucks at codepen to you know to grow a bit and we took it on purpose because we're like we we had this idea for projects because people ask for it you know they're like i need multiple files this other app gives me multiple files whatever we called it multiple files as an internal, yeah. as an internal name on CodePen forever. Yeah, that's not a good name. <laughs> no, it's not. But it's it kind of described what people wanted. They want multiple files. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not a good name though. Uh, <laughs> so we said, okay, we need if we're gonna do this for real, we can't. It's too hard for the three of us to do. Me and Tim and Alex only because we're part of our job requires doing support. And like making sure the app stays up and 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 we are on top of normal growth and stuff. It's like we don't have all day every day to dig into a new feature because there's just so much work that's just day to day necessary work that needs to happen. Yeah, we need more bodies. We need more uh, developers. And we knew just who we wanted, so we we got the round of funding and and then reached out to the people we wanted right after that, and they all said yes, and <laughs> and away we go. So we got some really smart developers, uh, uh, and and Marie, who's who's head of support, but she's head of community, and she's head hosts the podcast, and she does all kinds of stuff for us. So we have Marie Mosley, Tim Holman, Rachel Smith, and Jake Alba, who are the four people we hired after funding, and then got into it right away. As soon as we hired, got them all onboarded. We're like, here's what we're doing. We're building projects, and uh, we didn't think it was going to take quite this long. But it took about a year to get it start to finish and now it's out and it's been good uh, yeah no it's brilliant i've uh, i've had a little play about with it um and yeah it was uh it's one of those features which you don't realize how how great it is once you actually start using it because people are used to working that way like you said you know having multiple files and just um splitting your code across into sort of making it modular and uh that was one thing that was always lacking. Right. even even simple stuff like images you need an image drag and drop an image on there it uploads yeah. into your little file system and then you you reference it you know relatively like you're used to doing yeah so yeah it's not it's not like as it's a it's a much more humongous feature development wise than pens, but there's not as much to explore with projects because we intentionally made it a pretty pro lockdown feature, and just because we have to because we're a small business and we're trying to be a business that sticks around for a very long time. 
course, yeah. it's uh, you know what I mean? Like a, a free user gets one project, for example, whereas a free user gets unlimited pens. So that's kind of a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned earlier about Tim and Alex. So uh, obviously you're, you're one of the founders. There's three of you. Um, the other two, Alex Vasquez and Tim Sabat. Um, just a little bit about who, who they are and how you hooked up with them and what, what their background is as well and their involvement in the project. Uh, they're both um, just just friends of mine. We met in Florida. We met because I left my agency job at at a at a point to to uh, to go work for a company called Wufu, which is a, like a form builder that's mm-hmm. still are still around, still jugging, doing well. Um, you know, it wasn't exactly early days of Wufu when I got on. I think they were maybe five years in, too. I can't remember. Maybe a little longer than that. It was a, like a Y Combinator startup, one of the first classes of Y Combinator. And uh, they did well and eventually felt like getting out of the game and sold Wufu to SurveyMonkey. So I was there at that time, as were the original three co-founders of Wufu and Tim and Alex and some support staff as well. So we all... We're there during that, and we're just we we're just friends. We were just living in Florida, working on a startup, having fun, and and uh, became friends. And uh, then we went to SurveyMonkey, and we all worked there together as well. So now we've you know we've moved across the country together. We've worked at two different jobs together, and became even better friends. So at the at that time that I was at SurveyMonkey for about a year, which is a great place, you know. But I was just ready to do my own thing. Uh, I left to do my own thing and they stuck around another year, but we're also kind of thinking of like, God, why don't we all work together again? You know, why don't we do our own thing? Why don't we take a stab at, you know, true entrepreneurship? Yeah. Um, and so that, that's kind of like the early days of CodePen. But all these stories are intertwined, you know, because it was why CodePen? You know, well, that that structure of you know, building things with just little panels of HTML, CSS, and JavaScript is a fantastic way to show off front-end demos, which is what CSS Tricks is all about. So the early days of CodeFen was, let's build this for CSS Tricks, essentially. No, it's a good idea because, um, yeah, you, you do have a lot of code examples on your CSS Tricks articles. So, yeah, why not make those interactive and um, show exactly how they're built? Indeed. So is, uh, are there any plans to grow the team any further with CodePen? Well, absolutely. I mean, I'd grow to, <laughs> I mean, it depends on day to day. And this this decision is not mine alone. So I'd be just spitballing. But I'd say in my heart of heart, I'd love to, I'd love to double in a couple of years, you know, just because I, I know that I could put more people to work. I We have enough ideas. We have enough places to go. I like managing. I want to do more managing if I can. You know, there's so so many smart developers out there. I think I can put my skills and perspective and 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 just kind of knowledge of the industry and stuff to work just as well or better than if I'm sitting there writing code eight hours a day. Like I think I could be useful in that role, and I think I I want to have the opportunity to do that. But I can't just turn around and hire four more people because we can't afford it. You know. Yeah. So we need to continue growing and hopefully, you know, be making choices that are getting us growing faster. And then maybe as a company, we'll decide to hire more people. You know, I hope we do. But, I, you know, whatever whatever way goes is OK. I just like working on CodePen. And even if we never hired anybody else, I'd be happy with that, too. You know, just, so you just need more people to buy pro uh, subscriptions so that you can. Yeah, uh, that's right. So that you can every, hire some more people. every listener of Inspect, you better upgrade. 
<laughs> yeah. But before we get onto the actual upgrade, you've got a little uh, little treat in store for the listeners. Do you want to explain what's going on here? Yeah, well, sure. I mean, we talked about it a little bit. Why not? I'm on a I'm on a podcast. We're talking about CodePen. You have so graciously allowed me to sit here and blab on about my <laughs> paid product. You know, it's yeah. I don't I don't I you know sometimes I try not to be promotional, but at the same time I'm like, well, it's kind of my job to be in a little bit of a sense. So uh, anyway, uh, uh, CodePen Pro is you know is 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 ha- unlocks a bunch of features of CodePen that you don't get on a free plan. And there's all kinds of stuff. Not only the projects that we talked about, whereas, you know, if you're pro, you get a whole bunch of them and there's you get to upload more files and bigger files and all that stuff, which is a pretty compelling thing for pro if you ask me. But in the pen editor, you know, you can upload assets there and we have live view, which is this cool feature of like as you type, it's changing the preview a, a, a URL that you can test anywhere, like on your phone or your iPad. or whatever. That's just one, and there's like 10 other features that you get for Pro. So let's give some away on this show. Uh, uh, I guess it's your podcast, so you can you can figure out how you want to pick the winners. Sometimes it's fun to just do something on CodePen itself, but any old way you want to dream up, let's give away two free developer plan to, to you know, to whoever's listening. I'd be, be happy to do that. Okay, so this is the competition segment of the of the podcast. So <laughs> what we were yeah. thinking is, uh, so for all the listeners out there, if you want to win a a pro subscription, how does, uh, what is it? A, a yearly subscription or is it monthly? How does it work? No, we'll do a year for sure. I mean, you can you can sign up either way, but a year of Developer Pro, which is the, the kind of the primary pro plan. Okay, brilliant. So a year of Developer Pro, and we're giving away two of these. And the way you can win one is. Go onto CodePen and create a pen, you know, whatever you can think of, but it needs to be somehow related to podcasting. So whatever you want to, you know, whatever you decide to do, make it somehow related to podcasting and you just need to tag your pen with the word inspect podcast. And I will Perfect. I will do a search for that tag and I will have a look at them and Chris will have a look at them and we'll pick two of the favorites and those people will be the winners. And uh, that's exactly what we'll do. Simple as that. Son, if you haven't got an account on CodePen already, go and create a free account, create a pen, build something cool, which is related to podcasting somehow, whatever that means to you, tag it with inspect podcast. And uh, we'll check those in about a couple of weeks, I think two weeks, maybe three weeks or even a month. How long should we, how long should we leave this? Maybe until the end, end of this month, end of June. Fantastic. And then we'll, yeah, we'll pick a winner by the end of June and get in touch via CodePen or whichever social network we can find. Um, but yeah, I'll put some instructions in the show notes for this episode. So if none of that made sense, go into the show notes, have a read, and hopefully it'll make sense of what to do there. Cool. But yeah, brilliant. Thanks for offering that. So this brings us uh, on to your sort of third project, which is probably, is this your most recent now? You also do, you're also a host of a podcast called shop talk yeah i can't remember exactly i mean they're both they both happened about the same time apparently CodePen and shop talk it doesn't really feel that way but uh i don't i also don't know which it feels like came first so right. whatever yeah i also have a podcast much like this one we talk about websites it's yeah. great i have a friend dave rupert we talk about it with we have been going for five years now you know probably at i think this year we hit 300 episodes which mm. is wild and yeah we have that and that's so simple in a way like it's a it's a part of the trifecta of projects i work on for sure and i love it and i'm proud of it but 
uh, of all things, that definitely takes the the kind of the least amount of time. Yeah, and uh, I was listening to one of your shows recently. You you did a an episode called on podcasting uh, back yeah just a couple of weeks ago actually. And we um, sure did yeah yeah that was that was actually uh, yeah a really good episode and uh, gave me some hints and tips and what to do and uh, it was more about sort of the equipment to use and and how to like get right how to be kind of gear focused in a way yeah gear focused but one of the things you mentioned i think it was in that episode is how you try to change the format from uh like the q and a uh, and interview style formats and um so it could you sort of explain what the format of your show is if if there is a specific one yeah well in the early days it definitely we tried to to play it up a lot more which was you know, we we may or may not have a guest, but regardless, we're going to take questions from people. We even tried to build like a actual live call in thing, but mm. we just ended up getting nervous about that. You know, like we'll use like the Twilio API and have people connect in and stuff. But that ended up being more complicated than we bargained for. And we were a little worried that because in the early days, we actually did the show live as well. We like wired up how it how it worked and people could hit a URL and like literally listen to the show live and chat along with us. It's only been in the last, I don't know, 20 shows or something that we've stopped that only because it, it's just it took work, you know, and it was a little harder to pull off. And I'd say about one percent or less of the people who actually listen to the show actually like cared to to listen along live, you know. Sure. It's, it's kind of a rare thing in podcasting, but it fit it fit the spirit in the early days because the idea was a call-in show modeled after kind of like car talk on NPR here in the States. I don't know if they if they are that internationally or not, but the idea is a very popular show on NPR here, which was, um, you know, two fellas just they, people would call in and be like, you know, I, how do you fix the brake calipers on a, you know, 1989 Subaru Outback? <laughs> you know, I got a rust spot over my left door. What do I put on it? You know, that, that type of stuff. And they, they were very knowledgeable about cars and and uh, and help people out with their problems. And we're like, that would be so fun to have like a a tech call in show. There was even like a a show called Tech TV, and they had a have a had a had a call in segment on what was that called? The screensavers or something? That was okay. I have I have good nostalgia for for call in tech shows and call in shows in general. It's really fun. It's really all Dave's idea. Yeah. So, but instead of doing it, you know, we did it live. But instead of having people call in, a lot of times they just send in an MP3 or send in a written question and Dave and I would read it and then just answer it, you know, the best that we can. And unfortunately we're terrible at it. You know, we just, <laughs> a lot of times we end up with a really wishy-washy, it depends kind of answer, but you know, that's just, that's what the show has become. And that's a lot of times what the web is, you know, it's very hard to answer people's questions definitively when you just don't know their situation you don't yeah. know what their workplace is like you don't know what their full tech stack is like you don't know how much control they have over it or what power they have at work and stuff so sure, sure. yeah we try to factor that that kind of stuff in and just answer their questions and yeah yeah i quite i quite like the i like the format of the show because it's not always um each show doesn't necessarily focus on just one topic so you could sort of listen to the show and you'll pick up um several sort of bits of information which uh you know may not come in use at that very moment but they kind of sink into your brain and become uh, just part of that you know that knowledge bank that you've got in your head and yeah it's, it's just it's just helpful isn't it it's just small nuggets of information so how do you uh, how do you split your time between those three projects what does a typical week look like yeah it's just it's you know as you can imagine there's a bunch of email and 
and just stuff, you know, I, <laughs> whatever, you know, I try to prioritize code pen work and making sure that everybody knows what's going on and that that's a happy and healthy place. Uh, and then, and then whatever else, a lot of times I'll wake up and just get right to CSS tricks and just publish something and then be like, okay, that's done. Now let's look at the old to do list for code pen and do that type of work, which could be, you know, we're designing a feature or looking at open tickets and trying to fix them and stuff. It's, it's some days when I feel like, you know, like I'm going to get into the code base. I just feel like getting into the code, base. I'll have at least one of those days a week where I just spend many hours and hours and hours just, you know, looking at our code and refactoring something and stuff. But maybe it is only one day a week, though, you know, and the rest of the days are like, I need to do some business stuff with some people. I need to get back to these people on this idea of this event that we're planning, uh, that type of stuff. So there's there's plenty of just like business work to do. Okay, Uh, keep yourself busy. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mind email. You know, we're like we're, we're on Slack all day, of course, on all the other projects. And that's just chat, really. But the but I, I still do a ton of email work and don't mind that. Yeah, I don't think it's ever really going to go away, is it? Yeah, probably not. No. Nah. Um, just uh, going back to the podcasting thing. Um, you know, obviously, I'm fairly new to podcasting. This is episode 10. Uh, so I only started back in March. Uh, and I'm still playing around with the format. You know, I've had a few um, sort of solo uh, episodes, a few um, guest speakers, and a couple, cool. of, couple of like interviews as well, interview style. Um, do you have any sort of advice for anyone who wants to get into podcasting and so, you know, someone like me who's starting out, you know, with your five years of experience, um, how to sort of just keep it going and get, stay motivated and, you know, sort of grow the project? Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's hopefully it's 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 fun to some degree, or mm, yeah, or is. you you have some ideas to to make it more fun. Yeah, I mean, guests are great just because that's such a it's an excuse for you. I mean, in a sense, I mean, it's kind of like your ability to 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 get people that that might not agree to just call you on the, like just to to be perfectly honest, like I I love this. I'm I'm happy to chat with you. This is great. But if you wrote me an email that instead said didn't say. Hey, do you want to be on my show inspect? It just said like, Hey, do you want to just talk on the phone with me for an hour? I would, I have to admit, I probably would have said no, you know, like, yeah, that's a little bit like it's not that I don't like you, but I can't just have our phone calls with people for no reason, you know, yeah. but you can, because you have a podcast and there's like some potential publicity and marketing involved with all that. And, uh, and that's awesome. You know, you can turn this into a little tiny business. So hopefully if it's paying for itself and you're having good conversations and you're growing with it and, and loving that part of it and it fuels your work because you're talking to people about work stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of advantages to, to keeping going with this. So as long as you're having fun with it and it's not costing you anything significantly and say you, you won't have a problem keeping it going. Yeah, I mean, I've kept I've kept my setup quite light at the moment. Like you mentioned in your podcast, you had sort of um, equipment for different budgets. I would say I'm on the sort of lower end of the budget at the moment. I've started off small. See how it goes. You know, I've got myself a USB mic. It's a, a Blue Yeti. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a good mic. And uh, yeah, I'm just recording in... Oh, I'm using Logic to record. Um, cool. That's above what I got. I, <laughs> I yeah, to... no, it's just because I, I, I used to make music back in back in the day and uh so i already had a cop had a copy of logic already you know what buttons to click yeah already got a bit of familiarity with it um 
so and I quite like like logic uh, it allows me to record you know the two-way conversation as well um but yeah at the moment yeah really enjoying it and uh hopefully it'll just carry on growing and looking forward to get some more guests on as well um so yeah and if anyone wants to be on the show give me a shout yeah yeah do it grow yeah good stuff good stuff so yeah, I, li- I like the idea of podcasting you know grow. i think i think it's gonna hang on if i had to guess you know yeah do you know what? i i was uh i don't know if i was late to the game in terms of getting into podcasting i got into it into listening to podcasts uh, probably about a year ago um it was a show called developer t by uh, jonathan control and uh, that was that was pretty much the first one I subscribed to. Cool. Yeah, you never know what people are gonna pick, and that 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 was yours. Yeah, and since then, you know, I've subscribed to quite a few now, and it's just become one of those things that I I kind of stopped listening to music on my commute now, and I listen to podcasts all day, every day, pretty much now, uh, just from you know a variety of topics, not just not just web development or technology ones. Uh, you know, the stuff about yeah. business. Uh, it comes and goes in waves for people too, and I think that's okay. You know, they'll be like, oh, you know, I listened to ten episodes in a row, or I just had a super long road trip and I binged and watched a whole bunch of them. But yeah, uh, I just, that's my experience as somebody who's podcasted for five years. Somebody will tell you like. You know, they used to listen, but they don't anymore. And then you see them again and they've been listening recently. These people just, they come and they go and that's okay. You know, in aggregate, you'll have a, a listener base that, that, you know, is fairly solid. Yeah. But it's probably not the same exact people that are there three months later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's good for advertising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I need to try and get some advertising on here. I need to think about that one. I might speak to you offline. <laughs> sure, I have no, I have no magic really, but it's like I think you gotta hustle a little bit. I yeah. don't, uh, I don't think sitting back uh, is gonna do you anything. I would probably suggest putting together some numbers, putting together like maybe even like a PDF or something or some kind of page of your site that really like sells what you got. You know, this is what you get. This is the value of it. This is a sample of an ad I did for somebody else. And this is how effective it can be. And here's yeah. an article you should read about the future of pie, you know, like get somebody <laughs> excited about it and then, and then, and then maybe they'll bite, you know? Yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's what I have to do now. You've just given me some work to do. Thanks. Yeah. It's work, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so what's next for for Chris Coyer now? You've obviously you've got CSS tricks, you've got CodePen, you've got Shop Talk Show. You're keeping yourself pretty busy already. Yeah, there's definitely nothing work wise that's happening. This year is crazy for me. I got I got one move I've already done. I got a move again. We're thinking. I am I am just have tons of life events happening to me this year. So I am just. And I and I on purpose like last year was like next year I'm gonna speak a lot. So now I'm living through this like I booked a bunch of speaking gigs this year, mm-hmm. and so I'm living through that as well. And it's just gonna be like the busiest year of my life. So I'm like I am definitely not like rolling out any like super major features of anything. I'm just like living life, publishing, podcasting, running CodePen. And just that's it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> just that's it. Yeah, like that's just small things, yeah? No, it's not nothing, I realize. But uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not. So where are you speaking next? Um, I leave 
next week, Wednesday, to head to Amsterdam for CSS Day, which I've never been to before. Oh, I've never got to spend much time in Amsterdam at all. I'm very excited to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I get to give a I get to give a talk that I'm preparing. So tomorrow morning on, on a Saturday, unfortunately, I'm going to spend my Saturday polishing up the talk because it's it's a brand new one and it's about uh, it's kind of about CSS shapes, but like like just loosely that concept, not like the actual CSS shapes spec. Okay. It's mostly about like, I don't know, all the different ways that you can use shapes in web design. And like, there's actually like functions as part of CSS. Like there's a circle function. Yeah. Really? Where can you use it? What, what does it take? Why do you use it? That kind of thing. And then it, only because it turns out there's like all kinds of quirks with it and stuff. So just been digging into that. And that's kind of the point of CSS day is that you deep dive into something particularly nerdy as CSS. I've never been there, but that seems like the vibe of it. You know, so it's like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> okay. And what what is their website? This is, it's .nl, I guess, for the Netherlands, right? CSSday.nl. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. CSSday.nl. So that's on the 15th and 16th of June. So yeah, next week. Yeah. Cool. So who else is uh, who else is presenting there alongside Rachel Andrew? Uh, uh-huh. And I see Rachel at all kinds of stuff because we speak at she speaks at all the event apart, which is another series that I do. So, yeah, yeah. Ra- Rachel's amazing. Just just the master of the CSS grid stuff, which I'm so happy has. Yeah. Um, is paid off for us as, you know, developers and the web in general. It's going to be amazing and nicely has paid off for Rachel because she's just been hammering the css grid stuff for yeah yep. for so many years and everybody's like barely paying attention because they're like oh it's behind a flag boring you know and now that it's out people are like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's I, like i got you covered yeah i met up with the, well i briefly met her just a couple of weeks ago she was doing a she did a talk at a event called breaking borders which um oh, cool. happened just uh, just around the corner from me so it's just quite a small event it was only maybe about 50 odd people there um but yeah she just went over obviously uh what css grid is and now that it's mm-hmm. uh, unleashed into all the browsers and how it's really picking up traction uh but yeah well, she, i've been reading about it and learning about it for, for for quite a while to the point where it's like i i don't know it's starting to be a little more comfortable to just reach for and starting to be part of my brain process but not not entirely yet there's a lot to know about it actually it's not just one property it's a bunch of properties and it's a bunch of sub functions and stuff it's actually quite a bit to know so uh there's that and then there's like then you you know i'm glad she just kind of beats the drum on what you can do because then you'll you'll show just a very basic simple thing to somebody they'll be like what you can do that like the the knowledge sharing for CSS Grid is is just starting. Yeah, people do not get it yet. I'll tell you that. Yeah, exactly. And um, uh, who was I talking to? I was talking to uh, Wes Boss last week. I, I think about it as well. And uh, we were just saying how when uh, when C- as CSS sort of evolves over the years, uh, generally you get one or two extra properties. So like when we went from the uh, CSS two spec to CSS three. There was a there was a few things added, but they weren't very sort of closely related. So you had like some effects, and you had like border radius and and uh, things like that. But then when Flexbox and CSS Grid came out, you had all of a sudden you had these big chunks of uh, CSS properties that were all related that you had to learn for them all to work. And um, it was just one of those things that was really hard to get it all into your head at once. Um, 
so what do you do? You go on Google and you you try and learn how to how to use these two things, Flexbox and Grid. And where do you end up? <laughs> CSS tricks is like the first article, and uh, your article on both of those is like it's like gold dust. Really, is it's probably one of my sort of most frequently uh, visited articles on your site is the Flexbox and the Grid one. Yeah, that one's yeah. They've both they've both been pretty good. Yeah, but it's just, it's going to take a little while for it to become uh, second nature in my mind, I think, because there's quite a lot of new properties were added. Um, that would you know, there's a lot of different ways, especially of using the grid as well, which uh, didn't really come naturally. Yeah, it's. I mean, it really is a big deal, though. So, I mean, if anybody's like, oh, "What should I learn about front end development?" I mean, I'll tell you what to learn. Grid, get on it. Definitely, definitely. And you've also written a book about SVGs. Uh, practical SVG. Yeah, that came out about. Has it been a year? I don't. I don't quite think so. But soon, I think. I forget when it launched exactly. But, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's actually. I'm more and more happy about it because of the fact that SVG hasn't changed like at all since I've written it. Yeah. So many people like write tech stuff, and then they're like, "Oh, it went out of date so quickly." You know, like if you wrote a book about Angular One or something, you'd be screwed. You know. Yeah. But uh, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote this SVG book and like nothing has changed since the day I wrote it. I almost should use that as a big new marketing push for it or something. But so it's just as useful as the day I published it practically, which it's just another one of those technologies that's just way under, under known about, you know, or, or even if people are like, oh yeah, I know about that SVG stuff. I'll tell you what you don't do, reach for it when you should. Yeah. Because <laughs> even if you know what it is, people aren't using it or they should, you know, they just... They just use the same old thing. And I, and I dig into, you know, the I've had talks I've given about SVG where I kind of try to dig into why I think that is and stuff like that. But the book itself is just like, you're a front-end developer. Here's what SVG is. This is what you should use it for. This is, you know, some some techniques and stuff that you should be aware of. And I, the, the book is short. You know, all those A Book of Part books are, you know, the kind of the, I don't know, I guess the marketing or thought behind them is that, you know, if you have... Yeah, a couple hour plane ride, you could probably get through the whole thing, you know, just it's a it's a it's a one sitting kind of book. And, you know, mine's no exception. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I haven't really played around with SVG enough. Um, you know, it's something that I should definitely do. I think SVG, my my use of SVG is stuff like, you know, icons, uh, just getting vectors into a page. Um, but one uh, good example of SVG I saw recently was on. Have you seen the website for on Apple where they're showing how to shoot photos on the iPhone Seven? No, you've probably seen that they, they released a series of videos recently on how to how to use the iPhone Seven camera to shoot different styles of photo. Uh, basically, just teaching you how to use the camera. And uh, on the marketing page for for those videos, they're you know the hero image at the top they've got a video playing in the background and the the text that's overlaid on that video is in svg and then it's got it's using blend modes um so as the video is oh, moving no around in the background you're getting this you know the the blending of the text uh, and it looks so cool but it's just something one of those things one of those uses of svg which may not come you know come to mind straight away uh yeah but yeah it's quite really? a you know, creative use of it so yeah you should check that out as well that's I'm gonna do it. I haven't seen that at all. Thanks for letting me know. That's awesome. Yeah, and you know how um, how the iPhone, you know, the interface has got all these sort of blur effects, and uh, they're they're making use of SVG icons too to do those blurs on the web as well, which is quite right. cool. So they, you know, having some synergy between iOS and what they're showing on the web. Yeah, it's really so cool. cool. 
Yeah, brilliant. Okay, well, uh, that's the rest. That's all. All of my questions. Um, is there anything that you would like to mention just before we go? Like any plugs, or you know, where can people find out more about you? <clears throat> yeah, I can't do it. You've given me the whole show to do plugs for myself. So. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> no, I I don't have much else. I mean, a lot of times I, you know, when given the opportunity, I tell people about CodePen or about the new CodePen projects. But we already did that kind of thing. We also have team plans on CodePen. If there's anybody out there listening who works on a team. Um, the point of them is that you know, we've kind of learned that we haven't done a very good job of explaining this to people. So I guess I'll take this opportunity to attempt it. When you are on a team on CodePen, you can like switch back and forth between whether you're using CodePen like as yourself or using it as a team. So like I can be on team CSS tricks on CodePen and I am, and I just can easily toggle back and forth whether I'm using it as CSS tricks or I'm using it as myself. And I'd use it as myself because I'm just, I don't know, I'm playing around by myself. I'm building something as me, or I use it as CSS tricks when I'm building like a demo for the site. And there's, and when I'm on a team, of course, there's multiple human beings on that team. Like our whole staff at CSS Tricks is also on team CSS Tricks. So if they need to change one of my demos, they just go in and do it because they have they have the same access to that the pen that's owned by the team. They have access to the same bucket of assets. They have access to all the same collections. They can see all the private pens that the team owns. I mean, that's the point of having a team is that you're all sharing it together. It's all paid at together on with one credit card. Uh, 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 yeah. And you know, you all have access to the same bucket of stuff, but everybody, you get to maintain your yourself on CodePen. It's not like, it's not like you have to make this hard choice between like, you know, do I give up my personal CodePen account to be on a team or anything like that? It's just like, nah, you're just on that team as well. You know? Okay. No, that's really good. Um, yeah, I've never, I've never noticed that feature. Um, so I'll have a look at that as well. Maybe suggest it to the guys at work if anyone wants, if they want to sign up for it. Sure. All right. You know, it's, I, I think it's it's compelling to you know when I can get somebody's company to pay for it for them. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, like you're at a big company, you should provide this for your employees. Or not that I don't think it's worth it for any team, but I think that's the that's the perfect use case is when you can get your company to buy it for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, so generally on the web, you're known as either Chris Coyer for your personal stuff, but otherwise real CSS tricks. Um, on well, Twitter. Yeah, that's just the cheesy Twitter thing because CSS tricks was taken. But, yeah, that's yeah. I'm Chris Coyer on Twitter and GitHub and Instagram and stuff. Yeah, I'll pick a I'll pick a bunch of your social profiles and stick them in the show notes. But I'm sure Perfect. most people who are listening to this know already know who you are, and they already know where the, where to find you. And I'm sure they're already following you anyway, because why wouldn't they be? Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, just finally, yeah. Thanks for thanks for being on the show. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Um, My yeah. pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Next time we'll. Get to, get to ask you all the same questions at some point. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I got to talk about myself forever, which I'm happy to do, but uh, I'm interested in other people too. So we'll chat again, AJ. Sometime. Yeah, definitely. Do you, have, do you ever have guests on your show on Chop Talk? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, kind of 50 50 whether we have a guest or not. So maybe we'll get you over there one of these days. Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to. All we right, brilliant. Do a crossover. All yeah. right. Take care, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. Okay. Speak to you soon. Bye. Okay, so that was episode 10 of Inspect. Thanks once again to Chris for coming onto the show and being a great guest. 
you can find all the links to everything mentioned in today's episode in the show notes at inspect.fm. If you have any questions or any comments or any feedback, you can hit me up on Twitter at InspectFM or drop me an email on InspectFM at gmail.com. Um, all, these, all these details are on the website as well. And if you liked what you've heard in the show, uh, it'd be great if you could leave a review or rating on iTunes. It does help the show appear higher up in the search and lets other people find the show as well. And uh, yeah, it would just generally just make me feel good as well. Um, so yeah, if you could do that, that'd be great. And I will catch you in the next episode. <laughs>